another day. All right, let's ride. Blackout. This is number 53. I'm going to go over a few things this week and just mostly stuff that's been in the news. So, of course, all the terrible things that happened in the past few days. I'm going to go over the mailing bombings, the uh, shootings, and all that. I'm going to go through that real quick. And it may not be a long episode, but who knows? I don't want to keep y'all if I don't have nothing to talk about. Just being honest. Um, I'm going to get right off on the sports thing real quick because there's not a lot going on in sports for me this week. But yeah, uh, Jameis Winston got benched today. Today is Sunday on my end, so that's what I'm talking about today. Jameis Winston got benched. I'm upset. He's uh, one of my favorite players as a former Florida State Seminole. I'm glad to see him in the league, but he's throwing a lot of picks, and Tampa Bay benched him. And we'll see where, they, where we go from there, man. Uh, the Jaguars lost over in London. I was pissed off. There's a couple plays I thought that could have been made, but they weren't. But honestly... Honestly, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save that part for later in the podcast. I'll just save it. The Lakers are they're trying to figure stuff out. They are keeping uh, Lonzo Ball in the lineup with Rajon Rondo coming back. We'll see how that progresses. I think there was something else. Oh, yeah. Tyron Lue got fired by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I've been saying a lot of things about how he's such a good coach and he'll be hired in no time. And I'm like, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying Ty Lue was a bad coach, but it's hard to call somebody a really good coach when you got the best player in the world on your team, and the best player in the world is a guy that does everything. So they basically took away a 20-point triple-double away from the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron left, not to mention the effect of him just being on the court, the spacing he creates and all that. So now you got a really coach because LeBron James was like a coach on the court, if you know basketball at all. He was definitely like a coach on the court. And excuse me, my voice sounds a little different. I was yelling. I was volunteering at the Navy-Notre Dame game yesterday where Navy proceeded to get their ass whooped. My Seminoles got their ass whooped yesterday, and USC lost. So I'm pissed. Luckily for me, the Bears happened to win today. But I couldn't see the game, so it's almost up for not. Anyway, though, continuing on, uh, Ty Lu, I wish him the best, man. I I don't know where he can land. I haven't been paying attention to the NBA coaching situation thus far, but I would like to see him go somewhere where there's a lot of young players and he can build. And Chicago, Chicago, I don't know. I, I'm going to backtrack on the Chicago Bulls a little bit because Zach Levine has been balling. I know I talked a lot of shit about his ACLs, and I'm still concerned, but I need other people on the team to step up. The only thing about it is, I'm going to be honest, I haven't been able to watch a full game yet. And when I when I get to watch a full game, I'm going to talk to you more about my Chicago Bulls. But I wouldn't mind seeing Ty Lue on that bench. And maybe he goes somewhere as an assistant for right now. Maybe one of the teams that, that are going to be on a possible playoff run, 
take him more as an assistant because they like how he can talk with the players and everything. A team with some superstars, and then from there, he adds to his resume, and then he goes to lead another team as the head coach. And it ain't going to hurt him. I mean, shit, get the job. That's the most important thing, get the job. I'm pretty sure they owe you something on your contract, and they may have to continue paying you. But if not, the most important thing is getting the job. So don't have your head in the clouds. Don't get let your ego get ahead of you. Go get the job. You got rings. The ego should be out of it. This should be prime time for you to go somewhere where you can either rebuild or help rebuild another franchise to help build your name back up when the next big coaching job opens up. I, I'm pretty sure Luke Walton needs an assistant. I'm just saying, if we paying attention. But I'm going to dive right into the news right now. So a little bit of local news for us. Um, in San Diego, an active duty Navy sailor was shot. He was uh, driving at night, and he saw a car that was pulled over, and he got out the car to assist the car that was pulled over on the side of the road. And as soon as he got out the car, he was shot and killed. They took him to the hospital, but he passed away when he got there, unfortunately. This young man was from, from the East Coast and was over here doing this time, or I'm going to say fulfilling his obligation to the nation, serving his country. And he saw somebody on the side of the road, and decided to live up to the obligation, and he ended up getting killed for it. Now, this is some low-down shit, regardless of the person being in the military, which makes me even more mad. But the fact that you laid in wait for somebody to come help you, and then you shot him, that's beyond cowardly. Beyond cowardly. You lay in wait like some type of creepy predator, and when somebody comes out with good intentions, you shoot them. I don't know why this happened. Apparently, the people who shot this young man had been implicated in a robbery earlier that night. Or, or, or a B&E breaking an entry somewhere earlier that night. And they were apprehended and they got the, the authorities have them. But this is, this is ridiculous, man. But I, I do want to say one thing. To all the military members out there in the world, you got to be careful. Nine times out of ten, while you're serving, you're away from home, and you may not be too aware of the environment in which you're in. It is your responsibility to do your due diligence and find out about the place you're going to be serving your country in because you don't always know what to expect when you're out. And you don't always have that uniform on don't want to have that complex of, oh, I'm in the military, people will respect me, it's my duty, I'm honor-bound to do X, Y, and Z. Let me tell you something, especially for my minorities, when you're in that uniform, you appear one way. Outside of that uniform, to some simple-minded individuals, you may fit the description. So you have to be careful and understand that just because you know you're in the military. People that don't know you don't know that when you're out of your uniform. So be careful and don't get that uh, that complex of I'm um, military guy or girl. I can go do whatever I want and be a hero and think it's going to be cool. Because no, once you take that shit off, you just Joe or Gina from around the corner. And nobody knows who you are. So please, please keep that in mind when you're out there serving our country and um, 
living up to a higher standard. All right, on to some um, tragic national news. 52, excuse me, a 51-year-old man, Gregory Bush, killed two 60-year-old black people in Kentucky this week. Apparently, this man, Mr. Bush, had previously tried to get into a black church forcefully and was unsuccessful. He then went to a grocery store, I want to say it was Kroger's, ended up shooting two elderly black people and then trying to flee. I don't know what this man was into, I don't know what his purpose was, but it just seems seems like these things always happen. And I know I said it before, I'm not the biggest conspiracy theorist, but it seems like when there's an incident that happens that affects one party in the negative way and the other party in the positive way, there's always a counter incident to help the affected party, right? If So if there's a, a mass shooting one day and some nut job bombs something the next day, it just always seems to happen like that. Like, oh, we need... We need to have our guns for X, Y, and Z. Somebody go shoot something up. Oh, we need to treat everybody from outside the country like they're welcome here. And then this motherfucker goes and blows something up or attempts to blow something up. It seems like it happens like that all the time. And I don't mean to sound crazy. I am crazy. I don't mean to sound super crazy, but that's just the, the, uh, the rhythm or the trend I've been seeing for a while now since I've started trying to pay attention to things and Maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but it just seems like they always coincide. I don't know too much about the individual. I don't know too much about his background. I didn't see a lot when I was looking at it. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be painted by a racist or as a racist by the media if he isn't. Or he will be or the uh, or the research or investigation will show that this individual is a racist. I don't understand his motive for doing this. What, what is this for? What do you accomplish by shooting two people older than you? What type of cowardly shit is this? And this is why people are fighting for gun control or for mental health checks. It ain't just about taking the guns away. It's about mental health checks for certain individuals. If you have a track record, if they own your ass on the internet and see you posting crazy shit, I'm all about them coming to get you. And maybe, maybe it's because I don't want to be a victim or maybe I'm just tired. And maybe I'm halfway numb to this shit. But like this, this is happening far too much. Random person goes and shoots up XYZ because of whatever. They were seen on the internet to be crazy. So for me, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't always add up. It doesn't. And I don't always like to talk about it and say things about it in my real life, but I like to spill it here because I feel like there's value in being quiet. And when situations like this pop up and you hear people talk about it, you can either, you, you either feel one or two ways about it. Like, man, I either like what this person said and I want to support it, or I don't like what they said and I want to, I want to counteract it or I want to have a rebuttal for it. And then it leads into a discussion, which a lot of times leads into arguments and you two end up button heads and nothing gets fixed. For me, I'm learning more and more and more. There's value in being quiet and just letting people talk. And another thing that came up, 
this uh this other coward caesar sayak who apparently who allegedly or apparently mailed these bombs to the, the former presidents the obamas the clintons who mailed them to uh cnn and the um debbie washington schultz and george soros who's supposed to be the bankroll behind the uh, the alleged caravan situation or the bankroll for the left and the extremists get people well not i'm not gonna say extremists the people that are called extremists by folks on the right george soros is supposed to be the one that's supporting these people financially and help pushing this liberal agenda he's supposed to be that guy and he got the first bomb now i've heard people talk all both ways up down left right about what's going on and the thing that kills me is the selective patriotism right that's what i'm gonna call it anytime when it when it comes to the conservatives specifically i'm not shitting on them i'm just this is a fact from what i experience is when we talk about america as a whole it's like oh the conservatives like no there is no division we're all one american race we're all one people until some shit like this happens and I'm not talking about the conservative, the, the politicians. I'm not talking about the media outlets. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people I personally know who consider themselves conservatives or put themselves in the category that I would see them in that mold. When it comes to shit like this, all that, we're all Americans, all of it's out the window. They don't care. It's like, oh, yeah, well, the, the bombs didn't even really go off. It's all the liberal left trying to push this initiative to make the right look like they're crazy. All, all these things I hear them say, like I'm at work and I hear from people higher ranking than me at my job and people in positions above me in my job speaking freely about it because in my situation where I work, there's a lot of conservative people. And that's one of the reasons why I learned the value of silence. If they're not saying nothing out of line, or it has to do with women, racism, shit like that, I'm just going to let it go. But I'm going to listen because the quietest motherfucker in the room is always listening. I guarantee you. So I'm just walking through the halls, minding my business, and I hear, the, hear these guys talking about the uh, the bomb. Like, oh, none of the bombs even went off, man. Well, at least the bombs are with the people we don't need anymore. And they want to name them off the names I just mentioned. I'm just like, damn, you feel that comfortable saying that in this environment. Now, you could look at this one or two ways. You can look at it in a way where you feel the need to speak up and say something because somebody shouldn't say that at the job. In my opinion, they only said something offensive if you align yourselves to that particular group. So even if you wanted to say something about it, you can't really. You're being sensitive to this other person's rude manners and their politics. But I do understand the uh, need, some people might say, to nip that in the bud. But for me, it's like, listen, now I know who you are, how you think, and how you feel. So as long as you're not saying nothing crazy, I'm going to let you talk. And in the event you do say something wild, well, then you're going to kick your own chair and hang yourself. But if you're going to volunteer all the information about yourself and how you feel i'm going to take it and i'm going to listen and i'm going to pay attention now i'm not going to be using it against you but it lets me know your character as an individual 
that you feel this brazen and this safe doing this in your workplace. It lets me know where your volume system is. And it gives me a better way to evaluate how I want to spend my time with you. That's just how I look at it. Well, back to this uh, this guy, Caesar Sayoc. So apparently, I've heard two different things. I heard he was registered as a longtime Democrat and all of this stuff is hocus pocus. The, the, uh, the liberal left needed the patsy to take the fall for this plan they had that didn't go anywhere because the... The stamps didn't have the marker rolled over it. The Secret Service gets all the mail that's supposed to go to these people with Secret Service protection. So would have never got to them anyway. I heard that. I listened. I didn't know some of that stuff. So instead of arguing with the guy, I listened. The other side of that is the evidence presented on the media. So we all seen that. We all seen the van plastered with this anti-liberal uh, propaganda all over it. We've all heard the reports about him being um, anti-liberal and making these posts on social media, which they say about every fucking body who does something crazy. And that's when the value of shutting up kind of kind of falls off. At that point, if we're being monitored, people need to step the fuck up. Whosever job it is to be monitoring the internet for people who are going to do crazy things, since that's what they're supposed to be doing, y'all might want to send this motherfucker email. And you might want to chill out to let them know they're being watched. But anyway, this is the evidence that we get presented with. This guy had everything all over his van. Apparently, he said things on social media. The people around him heard him say these things. So now, I don't know what to believe. Now, does it sound like it could be a conspiracy theory? A road to walk down? Yeah, none of the bombs went off, which I'm grateful for. But does it look a little fishy when you look at it? Yeah. There's been bigger false flag operations um, pulled off and this is right before an election it all depends on how you take it in right so then all leading up to this election that the left is trying to win i'm just being a hundred percent honest and i make make myself clear i consider myself in the middle as of right now but do i lean more left yes continuing on the, uh, there's a shooting at a synagogue on Saturday at a Jewish synagogue a man who's been making anti-Semitic remarks on the internet goes into a synagogue and shoots and kills 11 people I'm not sure what's happening I'm not sure if this is to push the liberal agenda this is what it's supposed to be as a setup or these things just happen is it all connected? I doubt it but it's like, why is this happening now? I have to question it to be fair. But do I think it's just some anti-Semitic asshole going and shooting up a bunch of people? Yeah, I do. Only because it's happened before. Since I've been a kid in the 80s and 90s, I've been seeing things on TV about groups of people, mainly white supremacists, who feel a certain way about the Jews or Jewish people. And looking back, as soon as I read about this, it reminded me of that um, the shooting in like 1999 when the guy, what's his name, Buford something, Buford something, went and shot up a, a Jewish community center. So this isn't new. This isn't new at all. So I can't look at it all as like some weird conspiracy theory when it's been happening. I've been on TV and seen the people like Klan rallies and documentaries make anti-Semitic remarks. 
people are brazen. They don't hide their feelings anymore. They say what the fuck they feel. So none of this is new. I just want to know where all the patriotism went. All this patriotism, all Americans are the same. We're all the same people until it happens to the group that you oppose. And I've seen this up mainly with the conservatives. Oh, it's not real. It's not a real shooting. They, they, they were hired by the liberal left. What about the fact that these people fucking died? What about that? That's why I get so upset. And that's why I don't feel like I could personally ever be a conservative in, in that vein. When it comes to me and it comes to politics, I just want the right person for the job. And I can only judge you by what you portrayed to me on television. So I have to watch the debate and read things you said to see how you feel. See who you stand next to. That's just me. And that's how I got to go through my process. And if you're arguing back and forth and you're just having shouting matches and you're going through the, the thumb wars on Facebook and Twitter or whatever, you're not really taking in any information. Like, I, I do my thing every now and again, but I'm learning to peel back on that because now I can just sit back and watch you. And just like I told y'all before, what I do now, there's a certain individual that always posts this hyper-conservative shit meant to be offensive. I take the lyrics from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the theme song from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I copy and paste it, and I drop it in the comment almost every goddamn time just to fuck up the whole vibe of that. Because my thing is if you really, really wanted to educate people and you really want to turn people on to your side politically, you wouldn't do shit or post shit or say things that shits on their point of view. So it's counterproductive. So me dropping that Fresh Prince of, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song in your comments is my attempt to be counterproductive to your already counterproductive post, if that makes any sense. I'm going to add some fun to it because you're making it too serious. You're not running for office. There's no need to sling the mud. And me, I'm just trying to mature and live my halfway best life. I ain't that best life level yet. I'm living a good life, not my best. I got some work to do. But if you really want to educate people to what's going on on your side of the house, speak to them in a way that matters. And speaking to which, like Candace Owens, I said some things about, I mentioned her when I was talking about black conservatives, which I don't understand how some of them operate. But I do think that Candace Owens is doing a better job of that. Now, will I ever be a conservative? Probably fucking not. But I take the time out to listen and pay attention to what people are saying so that I can make the best decision possible because I want to make an informed decision. I don't just want to go at what I'm saying. And I read her article that she put on Breitbart. And she does make a lot of points in there about the black infant, black infant mortality rate and all that. And my thing is, like, if her message could get to the people that are, in, that are included in these fucking numbers... She might change a lot of people's mind about how they vote. And it just and if not how they vote, about how they go about everyday life. I'm just saying that she mentioned the welfare system, which I brought up a, a little while ago. It's like, if you look at how that shit is set up, for the black man to be out of the home, it benefits the black woman and the kids. Because if the black man is in the home, she won't get assistance. But then at the same time, Shouldn't the goal be to get off assistance? And I'm only saying this shit because it's like 
I'm black, very fucking black. And I've seen people manipulate the system. And I don't fucking like it. Because I don't want us to continue to be fucking poor. And I don't want our neighborhoods to continue to be bad. Yes, I'm all about black business and black neighborhoods and all that shit. I'm all for it. But I don't want our neighborhoods to be bad. I don't want us to continue being seen in a fucked up way. So as black people, we do have to change our mentality. It's when you are stuck in a certain environment and you don't move away from that, your mentality doesn't change. And had I still been back at home in Jacksonville, Florida, shout out to Duval, my mentality may not have changed. Had I met, had I not met certain people while I was there, my mentality may not have changed. I'm sitting in the barbershop and there's a guy in there, shout out to Slick at Circle Images in Jacksonville, Florida, by the way, who's got a DVD on called Know Thyself, where there's a black historian talking about Egypt and how they knocked the noses and lips off the the pharaohs on the Egyptian statues because they didn't want to show that they had black features, that these people were kings and queens. And that they don't put in history that these are dark-skinned people. They're not the light-skinned Arab mixture in Africa. A lot of the most powerful pharaohs were dark-skinned fucking people, but they don't talk about them in history. When you see any representation of ancient Egypt, almost all the people are lighter-skinned, not the darker-hued that they were. And I, I learned that because I had a chance encounter with somebody else, but there's somebody who won't get that message. And anytime you see the representation of Africa, a lot of times people completely separate Egypt from Africa because of its historical presence. It's so great historically, people want to separate it. And that's why they call dark, uh, Africa the dark continent because they said nothing came from there, which is a bunch of bullshit. And anytime you see Africa depicted in media or whatever, it's like somebody standing by a fucking hut like there's no cities there. It's crazy. But people still think that that's the case. And you hear people mention in the comments. And that's why I say there's a lot of value in being quiet and letting people talk. Because then you have the opportunity to educate them or let them go on their merry way. You don't, have to, you don't always have to argue. Let them talk and, and give you the value of what's going on in their mind. And then you have the opportunity to decide how much time you want to spend with these people. Or how much time you should spend educating these people, trying to change their mind. Like um, even Kanye West. So Kanye West, as we know, has been standing pretty close to President Trump. And has been pretty vocal about how he feels about politics right now. And right now he's over there in Africa. He's been to the White House. And people are criticizing Kanye crazy and all this, that, and the third. And that's cool. He's, a, he's an artist. He's a public figure. You have a right to criticize him. But I will caution you to do so without listening and paying attention. Listen and pay attention. They gave you the video clip that aired on fucking CNN and had Don Lemon react to it. Now, usually I fuck with CNN all the way. I like Don Lemon for the most part. I like Chris Como. I like how they do their job, but sometimes I do watch Fox News to get the other side of things. But what I noticed with that CNN clip from that video that he, when he was in the office with Trump is that it was heavily edited. The whole fucking video is not like that. So I'm saying, go back and watch it if I haven't said it here before. And then, right now, he's working on the Blexit campaign. And if you don't know what Blexit is, it's basically a remix of Brexit, which is the British exit from the European Union. 
And that's some shit that ain't got nothing to do with me. But Blexit is supposed to be the black exit from the Democratic Party. And I found um, Candace Owens' article on Twitter after seeing something about the Blexit hat. So there's Blexit hurt, uh, hats and t-shirts and everything that they're designing because I guess they're looking at it as the, a black awakening from the, uh, I'll say, the stranglehold of the Democratic Party on minorities. That's the word I put on it. And this is, these are not my words. These are theirs. But it's, it's worth reading the article. It's, it's worth reading. Just I'm just saying, read it and then judge her as you feel according. But this is what's going on in the world when you pay attention and look on the other side of things. Now, they have the issue with the Democratic Party. I urge you to inform yourself in whatever decision you make and then go from there. But that's what's happening. Like, I'm just saying, think before you vote. But vote. Please go out and fucking vote. I got to send my ballot in Monday. And I'm hoping it gets there. But I got to send it in. Because I just got my shit in the mail. But please go out and vote and make your opinion heard. Now, on a little, something a little more lighthearted. My man, 50 Cent. So 50 Cent bought 200 tickets to a Ja Rule show. So seats will be missing in the audience. <laughs> now, I know we talking about black empowerment and shit, <laughs> but that's funny. And they've had a few going on for a long time, and I'm pretty sure 50 Cent still feels like Jaws the reason he may have got shot. But <laughs> that shit is funny. And people are like, oh, he's stupid, whatever, whatever. He's just paid Ja Rule a bunch of money. No, you don't understand how it works. When you have a show, at a venue, the venue pays you up front some of your money. Then after you perform, you get what's called your back end. So, Ja Rule already got his money for that. That money, 50 cents spent, is going directly to the venue. And with the amount of money he makes or he has or whatever, I'm pretty sure there's a way he can flip that to some type of donation. Maybe some type of tax write-off or something. So it doesn't hurt him. And then apparently he only spent $3,000, which is nothing to him. And I'm thinking, that's 200 tickets, only $3,000. Like, where were you performing at? <laughs> that's, that's, that's just me. Where were you performing if 3,000 tickets only is getting you? Is only, well, 200 tickets is only worth $3,000. That's, Ja Rule, you might need to write if you're not. That might need to be your focus. You might need to write for some other folks, man. Because uh, that ain't. That ain't getting it, man. And you embarrassing yourself. You fucking up your brand, in my opinion. And I don't know if you booking, you trying, you getting booked for these shows because you need the money. I hope that's not the case. To me, that's probably bad business because you still to be getting residuals off your, all them records you made. But for shit like this to happen, it's damaging to your brand. And Fifty Cent is is out for blood right now because it's only hurting you further and further. But it, it's sad, but I thought it was funny, man. That's a that's a level of hate that I am not uh, yet ready to say. That's a platform of hate I'm not ready to dive off of. $3,000 for some petty shit. But I guess when you got a bunch of money like that, it don't really matter because you're you just going to get it right back doing something else. <laughs> but that is, um, that is ridiculous. And all right, um, as I'm about to close this out, a quick go get my belt to the uh, 
fans of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to say this. I feel like a lot of us forgot where we came from, from back before 98, 99, when we were getting news of getting the team to getting the team. Y'all better be real fucking quiet. Be appreciative of your team. I know it's hard. They haven't been winning. Then all of a sudden they start winning, then this season is kind of, it's not going the way it's planned. Think about it like this. There's a lot more tape out there now. There's a lot more things people are going to try to exploit, especially when it comes to our defense. Our starting running back is out. We have a lineman hurt, right? We're not going to be very good unless we can innovate on offense and keep our defense off the field. I understand that. The reason I'm saying go get my belt is for the, the things I've seen about Blake Bortles. Is he the greatest quarterback in the world? Absolutely not. There are some rare talents in the NFL right now that are doing a phenomenal job. They're doing a phenomenal job, excuse me, and they have been for a long time. What you got to understand is, I've said, I've said it before, if there's no running game, the passing game is going to suffer. If you're consistently passing the ball, the defense is going to catch on, and it's only going to be a few routes that work. And when those routes don't work, the quarterback is going to be under pressure, and he's going to have to scramble or throw the ball away. Now, last week, Blake Bortles fumbled. He fumbled twice while scrambling with the football. That's because there's nobody to throw the ball to because there's nobody to run the ball meaning you can't run the ball in order to set up the play-action pass. So every time you try to throw the ball, everybody's in fucking coverage. So for me to you, go get my belt and give the guy a fucking break. Because from what I saw today in the London game, he's one of the hardest-working motherfuckers on the offensive side of the ball, on the Jaguars. That's my personal opinion. Can't change it. Have it. That's the only evidence I got based on the games I've seen this year. He's working his ass off to make plays and get us down the field. When you got people dropping fucking touchdowns in the end zone, you got running backs dropping passes out the backfield, it doesn't help. It doesn't. They're not making people miss. If you just trade it for a fucking running back who's not yet ingrained in the system that you're not putting on the field, it says a lot about your offensive line. It does. Lay off of Blake. Be appreciative for the team that you have. Because trust me, after moving out here to San Diego and having the team fucking leave, it leaves a hole in the city. Y'all keep on fucking with Khan. He's going to roll out on y'all ass. But anyway, man, go get my belt. Y'all be better tomorrow than you were today. Make your next day your best day. Learn something new tomorrow that you didn't learn today. And please, please inform yourself. Go out and vote. Whether it be left, right, in the middle, however you do it, vote. Improve your life, improve somebody else's life. That's all I got, man. I'm out.